The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. We are all experiencing the biggest psyop in human history. Or is it? First, it was 9-11. Now it's COVID-1984. What if the biggest psyop is inside our history books? What if everything we learned was injected to create a false past? If we don't know our history, not only are we doomed to repeat it, but we really won't know our true potential. I will humbly ask you to take your blinders off, keep an open mind, and try to unlearn what you've learned, which is the most difficult of the three. Tonight, we discuss what is happening around the world and what happened in the not-too-distant past that makes us conclude that we are on the precipice of another reset. Stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. For over 40 years, Santos Bonacci has been researching the ancient works, compiling and translating them into more accessible terms in his study of astrotheology. His website is universaltruthschool.com. And Santos joins us directly from Mexico. Hello, Santos, and welcome back. How are you? Great, Mel. Great to be back with you, brother. This is going to be a very um, significant interview for me. I'm um, honoured because I uh, respect you a lot, and uh, we've done a few in the past, a few good ones, going back at least seven or eight years, I think. It's going to be epic. It's It's been about eight, let's see, 2013 and 2016. So the last time you and I spoke was over five years ago. I hope it doesn't happen again because your research is always there. I follow you on Facebook. I see your travels. So just because we haven't spoken doesn't mean that I don't know what's been happening with you. And before we begin, can you summarize what has happened in the last five years? I remember you had some issues in Australia, which, by the way, we consider Australia the old prison colony but that's exactly what's happening as we speak isn't it it is it is it's happening right now it's still a penal colony the illusion of freedom was for a special purpose um and also there has been a changing of the guards in the spiritual realms and they know that there's only five or six more chess moves and they will be checkmated, but they are still going to continue making the little, you know, uh, meaningless moves, none the same, until they get checkmated. But they are checkmated and they know it. And uh, so things have changed since, you know, we, we spoke last time a lot in the world. A lot of people write to me from Australia right now. Let's begin with that because you spent a long time there, right? A lot of people are writing to me just saying, please, please, United States, stand your ground. Don't let this get how we're, what's happening here in, in Australia because once you go, it's going to be even worse for us. They're talking about they can't even have a drink now. They're asking not to even remove their mask if they're going to have a drink. I mean, it's ridiculous. I have people that I know that live in Sydney that moved four hours away to the countryside expecting that the lockdowns were not going to happen. But things are really re – why is it? I mean, I always expected the Australian people – I know you lost your guns during that situation that happened in Tasmania, but you seem to be helpless right now, and I hate to even say it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Look, there's only one thing that will save Australia, and that is for the normies to wake up, and I think they are. We need the normal, conventional cross-section of the demographic of Australia uh, to wake up just a little bit more. Now, when they start hurting, you know, their children uh, and you know, removing their ability to make a living, then the normies, you know, that now is encroaching on their material rights. You know, they don't care about the psychological and spiritual warfare because they don't get involved. We, you and I and our listeners, we do because we're truthers. And so there's a big uh, chasm there between the two. But now I think that the material awakening will inspire the spiritual awakening. You're in Mexico. What made you, well, after we spoke last five years ago, you left from Mexico to other, I mean, from Australia to other places. What, give me the chronology. Yeah. Uh, so I left uh, in October, uh, August of 2019 for San Francisco, stayed with Jamie Lee for a couple of months uh, did some presentations, Portland, Oregon, Sacramento, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and um, then I did a, so, no, no, bef- uh, yeah, then I did a visa run to um, Costa Rica and Guatemala, I ended up in Miami, then, uh, and then um, uh, I did a second visa run after my next 90 days uh, in the Americas. So that's when I did those presentations. And then I came to Mexico to do a presentation, which coincided with my second visa run. Then from there, I decided I would go to Masunte in Oaxaca to get some healing with my itching problems that I've had for 10 years. Uh, to go to special healers. And um, uh, within a week, the lockdowns began. And so I was locked down in in paradise. It was blissful (laughs) nine months. Then I moved to Quintana Roo, and it's been good here as well, just south of Cancun in Puerto Morelos, where we are about to launch our academy. Um, and now I hear uh, of the, the, the atrocities that are happening in Masunte, and I'm glad I left because it's getting pretty pretty wild down there, man. Uh, wait, 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 wait a know. second. Let, let me go to Masunte in a moment. But let's see. Can you uh, separate yourself from the computer a little bit? Maybe if you have a little bit of distance between you and the microphone, we'll get less distortion. Let's see. Can you say testing one to three? Testing one, two, three. That's much better, Santos. All right. So, Masunte, what's happening there? Uh, well, it's, it's getting really um, strict with regulations. Uh, my best friend died of COVID uh, about two weeks ago, just a week after my father passed away, which also... Oh, sorry to hear. He had a heart attack and blood clots, which to me indicates that he was jabbed in the middle of the night or something because our family gave strict orders to the nursing home <clears throat> that he should not have any vaccinations. So all of a sudden he gets the two main symptoms of um, COVID, which are blood clots and heart attacks. Then my best friend dies in, in, a, in a hospital, which he would never go to. He used to post vid- videos of the, what, how they were euthanizing COVID patients here, even in Mexico, let alone all around the world. So he was known to be a truther, right? Uh, And another lady had her house bombed with a gas bomb. She got blown to bits and three others. And they were known to be sort of very conservative and not wanting the murdering of the tourism industry in Masunte to continue with all of these COVID measures. So that's five people, including my very, very, very best friend, Dan, uh, David, who uh, died. And just in the last couple of weeks, this has happened. So were you saying that they, they are against tourism or they want to bring tourism so they can survive? 
Well, obviously, no, they, they don't want tourism. They're trying to kill the businesses there. Okay, that's what I understood. As, as, as everywhere, as everywhere. So what they'll do is they'll make tourists now look like criminals and they'll be checking their papers every day, um, harassing them. 500 pesos fine if you don't have a mask. You go to the police station if you don't have a mask on your person. And five people have disappeared, including my very best friend. It's just, it's, it, for me, it's just surreal. In the part where I spend time, and all the time there, I'm not there right now, but for you to get there, you have to cross the border by car. And that town requires that you wear a mask inside of your car, even if you're not alone and you cannot even lower your your windows. That's that's how draconian things are. But once you get to the town, things are different. But last year, last year, things were so bad for this town, and I'm assuming that for a lot of Mexico, where people, remember, folks, if you're in the United States, a lot of us, you know, we're here and we're watching how the government is just throwing money out of, of, of proverbial helicopters. But in Mexico and some other countries, they don't have that. So people were putting red towels outside of their homes, and I'm sure you know what that means. That means SOS. We're dying. We're dying of hunger. Please help. This is what they went through for an entire year. They just closed all the beaches because, of course, beaches are so unhealthy, right? You don't get yeah. vitamin C by going to the beach. You don't get the disinfectants and antibiotics that you get naturally by entering the ocean and, mm-hmm. and grounding. They want you at home, closed that's how you get sick, Santos. Hey, I saw a pic, uh, a bid, a short video on TikTok yesterday. An Asian guy in Woolworths, which is like a Safeway yeah. uh, shopping center, had a knife in his hand. He just cut his throat and stabbed himself multiple times in the chest. And he was still standing when they started filming him. There's blood all over the floor. And then slowly you see him start to faint and drop, and then within seconds he was dead. And the captions there read that he had lost everything through COVID, was depressed, and wanted to leave the world. Then I've been seeing as well pictures of uh, ladies being grabbed by a whole bunch of nurses and police and being jabbed in China. The same in a Latin American country, a young blonde girl, about 14, she was crying. She was begging them, please, please don't vaccinate me, please. And they're all there comforting her and supporting her and jabbing her and murdering her lovingly. It's incredible. And this is one, this is the, you see the ticker of the COVID deaths and the hospitalizations and so on, but we're not seeing anything about the, the injuries and this is the thing that's going to come on that in the future we'll find out how many people committed suicide how many children were abused during this lockdown times imagine imagine the children that are at home with you know with with bad marriages or or whatever imagine what that's going to do to all those children in the future not only have they lost a lot of their iqs by staying home and not going to school well some people might might be in favor of that because school is nothing but indoctrination, but you see what I mean. Exactly, exactly. So uh, they are targeted at birth within, with the Vs and, and with education. So if you think that you're uh, um, researching stuff that, um, you know, that has to do with anything going against the narrative and you're not being spied on and you're not being checked and you're not being targeted, uh, then you're very, very, um, uh, it, you know, you're very naive because uh, our computers are constantly listening. In fact, they've got robots doing it now. So it, they don't need a human army of spies. Logarithm ro- uh, robots and computers um, they can just, you can be put on that, like the Chinese um, credit uh, system, you can be at the very, very bottom. And, you know, so when vaccination time, I wish I didn't say that word, when the V time comes, um, 
you know, if see what happens is the, the those nurses they have your records, right? So they have your medical records. So when you go in with your Vatican birth certificate name and you say I'm here for my vaccination, there will be a colour or a code next to that as to which one you should get. One will be a placebo, one will be one that will have an, uh, will be one that will connect you to the AI system and make you part of the system because you're a very good citizen. Another one will have graphene uh, oxide or whatever it is uh, in it, which will slowly kill you so that it doesn't raise too many suspicions. And the other ones will give you a heart attack within an hour. So it'll be like a colour-coded system. See, a lot of people are getting vaccinated and they come out and, oh, I'm so proud, and two weeks later they're still proud. I'm proud I got the vaccine. I'm, I did the right thing. They got a placebo, right? So that's because they're, they're so stupid. These people are so – these are the these are sort of people that get the placebo, the stupid, unawake, useless eaters or useful idiots. There's only two classes, according to the elite. So these are the useless idiots because they're going to keep them for last to kill the useless eaters and then the useless eaters that are proud that they got their vaccination, which was a placebo. Meanwhile, uh, the other three vaccinations were administered to the useless eaters. Then they have a control because they've got these idiots that will just follow any commands. It's interesting how nurses and and first responders were praised as heroes last year, and now they're being fired if they, or threatened to be fired if they don't take the jab. If this is truly, Santos, truly the chaos they portrayed to be, and hospitals were in so much demand, they would not be firing nurses right now. It's like bumbling Biden, who wants all federal employees to be jabbed, but postal workers refuse, and now they are exempt. Lesson learned, folks. If you refuse, if you resist, a lot of these companies will have no other option but that to let it go. Um, sorry, you just broke up a little bit there. No, I was um, saying that, you know, Biden is saying that he wants a mandate for to vaccinate all. I, I, I keep using that word, and you know how the AI algorithm will get us. But he wants all the federal employees to be veed or jabbed, but the postal workers refused. And now they're exempt. So if we learn from that, then people should see in their corporations that they're working. I get a lot of email, mail. how do I get out of this? And my only answer to that is do not, under any circumstances, do not quit. It's a mandate. Yes, they cannot force you. If they're going to force you, you have to let them know, you have to fire me. You're going to get workers' compensation. And if you do get workers' compensation, then guess what? Go out there and get all the benefits that the government is giving the people who don't want to work. That's right. So we can see the pattern. They've been doing this all the time uh, since they destroyed Tartaria, the Jesuits, and their global agenda. Um, they revolutionized everything. So it all goes back to the what's called the Copernican Revolution. Punch those two words in Wikipedia and have yourself a delight as to how they did it. Uh, the Jesuits were formed in um, 1539. Copernicus dedicates his um, book to Pope Paul III, Alessandro Farnese, richest family ever. Uh, who founded the Jesuits with the Borgia family, and they decided that they would change all the maps and everything and start a revolution whereby everybody would believe they were on a globe and then we could have a global agenda, global warming, global governance, global economy, global community, global religion, global everything, global summits, and the people have this false idol, the globe, and the globalists love it because that's where it began. In 15, just two years after Copernicus dedicated his book in 1542, in 45, the 20-year-long Council of Trent, the 15th Vatican Council, where the Jesuits convened for 20 years in Vienna and and Venice, uh, all 
for 20 years as to how globalism would be the biggest psyop that would have to destroy Tartaria and the magnetic magnetic grid and all the uh, and all the um, uh, you know free and good things and energy that we had we were flying we were uh, you know we had so many uh, devices you know better than cell phones we had they destroyed that by pulverizing that with their, the technology that they have um, and then they um, started this electrical grid this phony thing where we had to pay for and it's all under a false idol where the scriptures tell you not to bow down to false idols. The globe is a false idol. Um, so the Copernican revolution is where all the inquisitions began because then they had to invade China and destroy their uh, stationary horizontal earth model. India, the Jesuits destroyed their uh, the Mandala model of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, which is a, a flat stationary circular disk type earth. Um, and they invaded the Aborigines as well here. The Mayans also had their cosmology. And they infiltrated all the uh, learning institutions and taught this model because now we're in a new advanced scientific age because what happens is we have amnesia. We forgot about Tartaria. We forgot that we came from a world where we were living for thousands of years and in glory and happiness and health and consciousness, Islamists living with Jews, living with Christians, loving to hear their version of how they come to ascend and what philosophical science, <clears throat> Islam, and they would be invited to go to an Islamic uh uh, mosque uh, uh, on a Friday and then, the, and then the, the Muslims would go to a Christian church on a Sunday and then they'd join the Jews on a Saturday and it was all harmonious now it's homogenous see so and which is artificial so back then it was the 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 uh, the uh, differences in, in cultures and, and uh, spiritual sciences that people practices, practiced were only, you know, for enrichment and art and, and, and uh, culture and, and consciousness. It wasn't for dividing. So they infiltrated all those institutions, made them, uh, um, you know, basically the literalist rather than literary and uh, took control of people's minds by giving them, you know, hopes of uh, a Mahdi or a Meshach or a Messiah to come and save them. Whereas Meshach and all of this refers to your higher consciousness, your higher self to be awakened. I loved it how you transitioned from COVID-1984 to Tartaria. I like that. Um, I recently saw ancient coins, and I'm sure you, you followed this, or perhaps not that ancient, ancient, that showed the year, as for example, you're looking at the coin, and it looks like a, a Roman I, for example, or a J, or a letter J next to 745. So you would think, for those who are not awakening to this, they would think, oh, this is a coin from 1745. But it shows a J and an I could be Yesu or Jesus, the year of Jesus, 745. Do you think that these cultural editors added hundreds, if not a thousand years to our history? Oh, brother, they're, they're <clears throat> playing with the timelines daily. This is not... These resets have been happening before our eyes daily, daily. We are just now noticing that because we're up against the wall because it's it, they put the screws on because they can see through the looking glass that they've got only a few more moves before checkmate. So forget about history, man. We absolutely know pretty much nothing about history. The glory of Tartari, I think, was defended right up until the Nazis. I believe that the national social system was grassroots created to protect Germany from another war 
because they just destroyed so much of German Tartara. It's crazy. Germany was the only imperial European country which defended the rights of Africans and every other colonized country. And Germany was the only industrial nation which was doing everything correctly, not breaking the rules. They were leading the way ethically. Um, and England and, and Holland, they were exploiting their slaves. In Brussels, they were chopping the hands off Congans that didn't make enough whatever produce of their quota for the day. Um, and the Germans were against this. And th that's why in World War II, in Africa, the Africans fought and fought all the way till the end in the German countries to defend um, you know, the German um, uh, colonization of their countries because they, they prospered so much with German technology and everything. So I honestly believe, even though I don't think that Hitler was a good guy or, or the Nazis, uh, they did some bad shit. But, um, uh, but I think there, there was a lot of good in there. It was the last war. It was the last war of Tartaria. It was definitely, you see, he was looking after the Aryans. Tartaria is all about the, the, the Aryans, you see, whereas the Khazarians, they destroyed the Tartarians. And the Khazarians were the Bolsheviks, the globalists, the, the globe people. And even though the Vatican back then sided with Hitler and it looked very incriminating for both, those days... Those days were different, you know. The theology was, I mean, the um, political setup there was very, very different. They were um, generally creating uh, a wall against Bolshevism because even though they created it themselves, you know, it got out of hand. It, it really got out of hand. And, you know, they create these dualities. They create both sides. But then, you know... Um, they um, they emerge as uh, victors on one side and then make all these bad stories about the other side. So um, in war, of course, there's always evil acts and atrocities done. But I suspect that um, the Nazi or the – I shouldn't use that word. It's not even – you know, it wasn't even used um, for that party, the National Social Party, I believe that um, what motivated those guys was more of a, uh, a productive and less destructive world, which was the pattern that England was taking all around the world and, and, and all of these other um, countries, you know. So um, not saying that these guys were uh, <clears throat> good guys or anything like that, but you, you can see that even though these evil factions in the trans-dimensional um, realm are fighting against each other, some are better than others. You know, they're, they're not all at the same level of evil. So, you know, I, I really believe it was like to destroy Tartaria mean, meant the destruction or the defeat of the Aryans, which must come from one of the four previous root races, the Atlanteans, the Lemurians, the Hyperboreans, and the Polarians, which were the first. So the Teutonics were the fifth, the fifth sub-race of the fifth Aryan root race, and hence the most recent. So Hitler was very, very aware through the Tula Society that um, the Aryans, they were the newest, the Teutonics and the Germanics and the Nordics were the newest of this race. Uh, you and I, the Latinos and um, the Celtics, were um, the fourth sub-race. We were before the Germanics. So Hitler and their people could see where this was going. This was going to be, um, a, you know, something... Lemurian or Atlantean um, trying to defeat the Tartarians through the 
globalist Khazarian Bolsheviks. You mentioned something, and I'll get back to what you're saying, but the harmony of going on, on a Friday to one, to a Saturday and the other a Sunday. One of my favorite cities, you probably have been there, Granada. Whenever I go to Granada and spend time there, I really enjoy it. And I've always asked the question, look at this church next to a synagogue, next to a mosque. And this is the time when the Moors have been around and they were there for 700 years. They're painted, obviously, if you ask any Spaniard, they're painted like, we're glad that we kicked them out, right? And then you have the Jesuits running around. Now we have the first Jesuit Pope. But also, you mentioned the Bolsheviks. I really wanted to go in 2020, but I had to cancel my plans. I had a plan to go to St. Petersburg, Russia. I wanted to yep. look at that city, which is yep. it just amazes me. It's pure Tartaria. And uh, then the Rona came along and I had to cancel. But the Bolsheviks, what happened there uh, during the Bolshevik Revolution, a lot of people don't understand what really happened there. But I just recently found out, and uh, let me just read this. I posted this on my Facebook a few weeks ago. What are the chances that Leon Trotsky, one of the, uh, that's not his name, uh, one of the masterminds behind the Bolshevik Revolution and head of the Red Army had a great-granddaughter, who happens to be the director of the U.S. National Institute of Drug Abuse under Fauci's NIH. Meet Dr. Nora Volkow. It makes you want to dig deep into the CDC, which operates operates as an independent entity, just like the Federal Reserve. How many people have died of drug overdose, fentanyl, on her watch? Question everything. Have you heard that, that Trotsky's uh, granddaughter is this lady? Have you have you heard that the Trotsky's granddaughter? Sorry, you uh, again. You broke up. You, okay. Did you ask whether this? Yeah, are you aware of this uh, this uh, uh, line of succession? Uh, Trotsky's uh, great granddaughter is the director of uh, the Institute of Drug Abuse in the United States under yes. the NIH CDC. Yes. yes, I saw that. I see that. Yes, and it's the. Um, they're related to the uh, um, starts with a C of the richest man in Germany at the time who funded Hitler mostly. Um, oh boy, I'll try and remember the name. But um, yeah, they're all they're all connected. Um, so those guys have a very strong connection with Wall Street. Wall Street was masterminded the whole Bolshevik. They, they really just stole all the Tartarian wealth of Russia and destroyed the Christian uh, moral ethic that they had, which kept them strong for many, many years. You know, these people were very intelligent people. They they lived their lives in a cultured way and and constantly through the Romanovs as well, you know, the, the Rome kept it coming, you know, and finally... Uh, even King George betrayed Tsar uh, uh, Nicholas, his own cousin, you know, and um, that's how powerful these globalists are, Mel. They are, that, or how powerful they have been. Um, it's the demons that control them. The uh, controllers of them come from under the earth. According to Trimad Bhagavatam, it's the realms under the earth which they come from. And even in the Bible, there's a scripture, funnily, funnily enough, that, that Jesus says, you are from the realms below, talking to the Pharisees and the scribes. So it's they are fallen. They are under the earth, which some people refer to as uh, hollow earth. I agree with that in, in that sense. But Srimad Bhagavatam, Gavatam clearly tells us that there are seven more planes, material planes, which are called the subterranean heavenly planes, but they truly are hellish instead. And so these guys created some bloodlines here, you know, the Clintons, the Bushes, they all belong to these subterranean, demonic, uh, probably transdimensional beings. I, I don't know whether they're really third dimensional. They morph. They um, what's it called? They uh, reptilian. Yeah, they they are reptilian. Because think about it: only the human can live on Earth and above. 
because the Earth is for humans. Then Moon, Mercury, Venus, Sun, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, those are for angels. You can go to the Moon to live there, but not in this uh, flesh suit. You need you need to be a, a spirit. You need to just go as without your, your physical body. But your spiritual form is the same as your physical body anyway. So you'll always recognize yourself um, and, you know, always have your own individual identity. That will never, ever um, not be. But you'll be one with God at the same time. So these people are, are not because these entities, they refused that oneness because of ego, because of, um, you know, power tripping and um, just by being disobedient. Free will allows for the polarity of obedience and disobedience and their consequences. So we're watching the Armageddon, the Gotadamarun, the twilight of the gods. It's it's a spiritual war as well as what's going on with all the stuff down here on the ground where the use the useless idiots are murdering the useless eaters, and then they're going to be um, killed as well because they've they've all been forced to take the V, and most of them will have been given. Uh, not the placebo one. They will have been given the time-lapse one where either, you know, you die in two years or three years, but that's about the limit. They're not going to give them something that will let them live another ten years. There's no way. The limit, I would say, is, you know, something like 18 months, two years, and they're all going to drop dead unless they got a placebo. What do you know about the great pope? And do you know the name Pepe Orsini? What do you know about that? Yeah, well, the Orsini family are the most powerful family because they are the Maxima family um, in the elite circles. And they fought for hundreds of years with the Colonna family, which is the Columbus family, which raided America. Uh, they fought and murdered and, and, and warred against each other, family against family, to be popes in the 1500s. Um, until one pope came along and made a papal edict, a bull, uniting them through blood marriage. So this is where the Orsinis, the Maxima family, and the Colonna family, who in Jewish is Cohen and in English is Collins, the most powerful family in, in the US of A right now is the Collins family. They own everything that has Columbus on it. The Knights of Columbus the District of Columbia, uh, Columbia in South America, British Columbia, Columbia Pictures, etc., etc., etc. This is the Collins family, and they are the ones who were warring with the Orsini family, killing each other for hundreds of years. And both of these also helped the Farnese and the Borgia family to create the Jesuits. So these are the four main culprits. I can mention others like the Pallavicini, uh, Conti, Visconti, um, Aldo Brandini, um, uh, Borghese. The Borghese family have their name right at the front of the Vatican. If you, if you look at all the names printed uh, or, or um, chiseled into the facade of the Vatican, you will see Pallavicini, Borghese, you'll see all these families I've mentioned because they are the corporate owners of this maritime admiralty system which the whole world has accepted through the two world wars and since uh, 1929, since the Vatican became a city-state and then they joined London and D.C., District of Columbia, so you can see how the Collins or the Columbus family. In here, in Spanish, we say Colón, Cristobal Colón. Right. So it's it's Colón here, but it always goes back to the the 
the same one very, very powerful family. And the Medicis as well, the Medici were also um, very much involved in the conquistadoring of the Americas. That's my word, the conquistadoring. <laughs> I want to know what you think of this. When I moved to Arizona in, in uh, 1997, I was invited to a gathering and there were a lot of university professors there. And, you know, you know me by now. I ask a lot of questions. This is before I even started all of this. But this history teacher, this female, it was her home. And she says, let's wait until everybody leaves. I want you to stay. I want to talk to you. So we stayed and she started telling me, this is something that, that I don't discuss at the university, but I'll discuss it with you. She says that she has been given information that Christopher Columbus was not, Cristóbal Colón, was not Italian from a uh, poor fisherman from Genoa, Italy. He was actually a Sephardic Jew from Catalonia, Spain. And he had an agreement with the kingdom in order to come to the Americas by getting a percentage. And at the time is when Spain was getting ready to kick out the Jews at that time. And they had until, I believe it was midnight of the night, that Columbus and the three ships left. That was the, the, the actual deadline. You either convert, be killed, or leave. Well, he actually left that night to the New World. What do you know about that story? Yep, yep, yep. These are called Marranos, the cryptic Jews. Correct, Marranos, exactly. That's what the Jesuits are. You see, they don't care about Christianity and Judaism and Islam in the scripture versions, in the philosophical science uh, um, uh, way. They, they, they see them as co corporations. They, they've, they've, take, they've appropriated the headquarters or the, the rulership. They've infiltrated them to corporatize them, to make them a bloody war machine. But Judaism is a beautiful system of ascension. So is Christianity. So is Islam. They're all philosophical, spiritual sciences for humans to optimize, to grow, to, to evolve, and to become angels and return to the stars whence they came. Because when we came here, we become stars. We are youngsters, sisters, spinsters, mister, master, monster, mobster, gangster, fraudster, trickster, jester, courtster, uh, movie star, rock star, superstar, pastor, minister, disaster, imposter. But we all have ancestors. Ancestros. So we all come from the stars because we have ancestors. We can't deny it. So um, what they, uh, I, th I forget where I was going, but I think it had to do with Christopher Columbus uh, de Marrano. Yeah. Col Columbus is not a family name. No one has a, fam no one has a family name. The family names are owned by the Vatican. These did not exist till a thousand years ago, and I can prove that because if you go to the Pope list uh, from uh, St. Peter to uh, Bergoglio, you will see that every Pope before the year 1000 did not have a surname. So these families, they created corporations, and Columbus is a conglomerate. It's, it's, a, it's like um, Vanguard and Black rock today that's hmm. who own everything and circo and so um what you've got is you've got families that have made names like rothschild rockefeller and and <laughs> rockefeller i mean that's not a surname <laughs> come on man you know rockefeller if anyone really was born with that name, they'd change it straight away because it's just such a stupid, ridiculous-sounding freaking name that you you would never be proud of it. But it's obviously it's these are corporations, these are facades, these are these these are mafias hiding behind these names which have dignity because they've got wealth. You see, when you've got money, oh, 
you know. They can get anything. These ugly men, they can get young, beautiful women, you know. Uh, the, rich the rich women, they can get diamonds and pearls and they can be adored as well. And they're not, they're not virtuous women. You, you can rest assured they're having uh, adrenochrome parties, all of these queens and all of these lovely-looking ladies, you know, that are in royalty and in these elite families and they have their parties. Yeah, they have their parties till midnight and then they go down into the dungeons and then they have their, uh, their torture and um, demonic rituals of, you know, um, murdering all of these um, missing children. That was a pause, I guess, right? Because you used that keyword, adrenochrome. Now, how is mm -hmm. it that we want everybody to be chipped we want everybody contact traced we want everybody to know we need to know where they are in fact i've received information stating that the three major credit bureaus in the united states already have something inside of and by the way i used to work in the the uh, credit industry many many years ago they have something inside that says who has been jabbed or not and uh, very soon that is going to be associated to your Fair ISAC score, better known as the FICO score. So if you think that this Sesame Credit social score that's coming from China won't be applied here in some sort of fashion, you are wrong. So those who have the V are tracked all the time. How come we cannot track and microchip and, and contact trace the pedophiles, Santos? Well, put it this way, brother. The heavens know where they live. The Good forces who have aligned with love in the universe know where they live. People who work for them who know what they're up to know where they live. We know where they live. We see them in public now. So I think we should uh, have some gatherings and, um, you know, pay them a visit <clears throat> and, um, you know, be more present, you know, perhaps have, uh, you know, uh, um, vigils at, in front of their homes, you know, a couple of thousand people at the front of the elite families' homes, uh, parking themselves there for good. And, um, you know, we can do civil arrests. We can arrest these people. It's easy. We can just start arresting them. Um, I think uh, Mel... We are in for a surprise. Something's going to happen. Something's going to shift. And they are going to lose so quickly that this unexpected event will turn the tides. And they will be running like rats off a ship, sinking ship. You will see these guys hiding under the crags, as it says in the Bible, from the wrath of the Lord. And... Um, because the Lord, which is electromagnetism, God, uh, records everything. That's how you get to listen to, uh, you know, your favorite video or your favorite CD, uh, electromagnetism. Your speakers, your ears, the way they work, your body, everything is electromagnetic, right? So, essentially, um, they're trying to... Uh, diminish this uh, this force and this uh, love for God, which is conscious conscious energy uh, that we have. They are they are against this. The the V's will will Rudolf Steiner said a hundred years ago. He said that um, the um, the V's will come one day that will strip people of their souls. I saw that. Yeah, I read that many times. You mentioned the Romanov family, and some people might think, oh. Who cares? They're just another royalty in the world. But if you look at how Russia was during that time, it was glorious based on the information that I have. And the way they were murdered, especially the daughters by the Bolsheviks, it just tells you that these Kasarians, they don't have empathy. They don't have compassion. And maybe this is why they want this V to alter people's DNA in order to remove certain aspects of compassion, empathy, and spirituality. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, brother. That it, they've done it already with the, um, 
with all the V programs that they've been running in the world already in Africa. I believe AIDS killed 98 million Africans. <clears throat> that was a laboratory provable. Uh, you can check the patents from 1962. That was created in U U UCLA, uh, California University. And it was a bioweapon. And the way they excused it was they said, you know, they wanted to create cancer in lab animals so that they can do testing on cancer. So, you know, that's how they get past the legislation. Then they give it to people. And so um, why? Well, to sterilize, dehumanize, um, degenerate, uh, destroy. These, these are the children of Satan. These... These are the children of the wrath of God. These are demented beings. They are insane. They are zombies. They are automatons. They are sonambulant. They are order followers. They are stupid. They are herd mind, hive mind, useless eaters, useful idiots. And see, this has been going on all the time. How do you think Rome destroyed the Cathars and the Lollards, the Sassinians, the Bogomils, uh, the Waldenses, the Polish Brethren. Uh, these were communities in Europe that, that were trying to say, no, we don't want to be Catholic. We don't want to be corporate. We just want to be Christians. Leave us alone. And that's where the Inquisition began, against the Waldenses in, in France in the 1100s and then and then and then the lollards came along and and all of these groups and then inquisition and witch hunts and and so th these were resets this is what they're doing now they're doing now this deliberately in, in front of people's eyes and making it look authoritative and for their benefit like george orwell said it would be like they will be thinking like this is for our own good we should just obey the government here and do just what they say because it's for our own good. It's how stupid people are. <laughs> Excuse me. What do you know? I'll go back to Tartaria in a moment, and I want to discuss the World Expos and the Orphan Trains. But before I go with that, the name Somerset Belenoff came to mind. Have you looked into that name? No. Okay. Apparently she's one of the ones on top, and her granddaughter or niece owns a restaurant in Beverly Hills. And I forgot the name, but it's basically cannibalism. And what hap what I'm told, what happens inside of that establishment is almost like uh, Hunger Games. But attractive young females and males go there to compete like gladiators. And they know that if they lose, they will be part of the menu that night at that restaurant. And this is allowed. The, uh, what's the word I want to use? The, the masons that run the Department of Justice and the police in that area of the world in California, they're very aware of this and they allow it to happen. You can research it. That place even has a website, which I'm not going to be mentioning here. But uh, why don't you go, folks, just Google the name Somerset Belenoff and write to me and tell me what you think. But the World Fairs, Santos, what do you know about the World Fairs? They were allegedly there to feature and to display the prowess for, for many countries. And supposedly they were built in two years and immediately after they were destroyed, which makes absolutely no sense. I went one to one in 1984, which is, has nothing to do with the ones that were done in the late 1800s. What do you know about the World Fairs? Again, these were um, smoke screens. These were what happened was they would bring in a lot of orphans. They would bring bring in a lot of settlers. See, what they did was they settled state by state by state one at a time, and how and how they did that was they kept people. Um, they kept people in each state, so they did They did 13. They started with 13 companies, which then they said called them colonies, which then they called them um, states. So you can see originally they were companies. Now, so 
what they did was they'd settle one, right, make a story about how they'd, they were, they'd, or, they'd already been there for a couple hundred years and these were built by the original settlers and they, the people coming across in the boats, they would have no idea, right? And then they'd build up the population and then, set, and then go move to another state or, or, you know, somewhere further away. Right, and then that's how they the West was one. You see how they say the West was one, and basically the West was pretty much de fully developed, uh, or, or, or I mean, settled in the 1800s, sort of 1830s, 1840s, San Francisco, 1820 or something, and then already you see pictures in the late 1800s of these massive Gothic, Gothic imperial palaces everywhere and incredible, incredible, incredible architecture, which is astounding, astounding in San Francisco, San Diego, uh, San Jose and, and all along there, Portland uh, and uh, on that coast. That was all, they just, what they did was they decimated the, uh, the people in those cities with plague and then they bring in the orphans on the orphan trains and the and the, the settlers, quote unquote, and you know and and they would make the lie. Oh, yeah, you know this is uh, we've been here, you know, fully. It's been built hundreds of years ago when we first settled. You see, but really the Americas really haven't been weren't fully settled until the 1800s. It's a big, 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 big lie that they were, you know, like. Um, you know, fully take, took over the country in, um, in 1542. It's a big lie or whatever year it was, you know. Uh, they didn't. They did it piecemeal. Um, so, and, and they're still doing it. That's why, look, that's, that's why they have to have, they're already, they were already jabbing everybody. So why do they have to go this extra step to make it forced when everybody was willingly doing it? So, you know, they're doing they're doing it piecemeal. They're they go, they're going along as as they as they uh, by the seat of their pants, you know, as they um, uh, their uh, their plans change because because they get caught out or something. You see, they they tried through chemtrails to kill everybody, but it didn't work because because humans are, are more. Humans are more powerful. Humans are different now. We, we have our powers are being restored. We're, we're waking up. We're becoming gods, and and they they are shit scared. So you know they'll be hiding under the crags soon. You know there's arrests are coming. We have to take a one and only intermission, but when we come back, I want to discuss solutions. With this, discuss problems for the last year and a half. But I always I want to just have a portion of our interview to be solution-based. But also, I want to go back to the orphan trains because this is critical. This is very important. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of children that descended upon city after city in the United States. I have a map that shows how many children were transported to every single state. And you would not believe this, folks. This is hundreds of thousands all at the same time. I also want to know what happened to the parents. And you see a lot of photographs from the East Coast in the late 1800s of these children, seven, six years old, working in factories, all dark from mines. And you wonder, because they tell you, oh, just because we changed the labor laws and we don't allow children to work until the age of 16 and all this and that. And it makes you wonder if Christopher Columbus and a lot of these characters like, like Napoleon even existed. We believe they did exist because history, his story tells us that they did exist. What if they didn't? What if they added those years and those stories in order to facilitate a new Great Reset? Which it seems to me that's exactly where we're heading. I'm here with Santos Bonacci. Santos, how can people learn more about your work? Um, at universaltruthschool.com, syncretismsociety.com. Mr. Astro Theology, one word, YouTube, 
and Instagram Syncretism Society. Oh, and before we take the break, I want to let you know that at the end of this interview, I've included a four-minute audio that you have to listen to. It's absolutely important. Don't go anywhere. One more hour to come with Santos Bonacci. This is Mel Hostlerick, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe, to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe. You want to know.